What do you remember about uh, watching TV back in England? And and I'm not talking about like uh, you know what I would consider quote unquote new shows like Buffy or X Files. I'm talking about because uh, like to me the fourth season of Lois and Clark is still the new season. Um, I'm I'm living in a dream world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm talking about like 60s reruns. Oh man, things so... like that. So like let me let me just paint a picture for okay, you. Okay, go on. Okay, it's Sunday afternoon. Yeah, our father's just got home from work. Okay, and he's sitting in the living room with the sweet sounds of Michael Schumacher tearing around a racetrack at full volume. Okay. And the announcer going, He's coming up the rear! Michael Schumacher! Michael Schumacher's coming up the rear! Yes. The Grand Prix. <laughs> um, and Ooh, that we... was very... Very yeah. French. Very good. Go on. Okay. Grand Prix. Oh. Or as I used to call it, the Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you bloody did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. So the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix. Or the Grand Prix. Now it's the Grand Prix. Okay. Okay, go on. <laughs> so you and I are sitting in the living room. No, sorry. He's sitting in the living room. We're sitting in the kitchen. What are we watching? On a Sunday afternoon? On a Sunday afternoon. I don't know. Faulty Towers? Okay, I'll, I'll help you out. Okay, because I, I really don't I mean, remember. I was way too. Do you do you remember like watching things like uh, Land of the Giants, for example, Time Tunnel? No, man. Mission Impossible. That yeah. So all of that stuff, all those '60s TV shows were on uh, Channel Four, and we used to watch them on Sunday afternoons. You have no recollection. None of those. I remember Mission Impossible. The Avengers was on BBC, but it was also on like around the same time. Yeah, I'm talking about the. Uh, 60s TV show, The Avengers, nothing to do with Marvel. I think the Batman TV show was also on around that same time. Yeah, so I remember that. I remember a lot of like things like um, old British sort of like comedy shows like... Um, Are You Being Served? Yeah, yes, Faulty Prime Minister. Towers and mm-hmm. uh, Only Fools and Horses. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't actually have a very strong recollection of like those shows. Uh, I actually have very little memory of of um, the Avengers TV show. No, um, I don't. I mean, I don't remember specifics, but I remember we used to watch it. I mean, I used to watch it, and also like things like Get Smart as well. That yeah, was that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the all of those TV shows that uh, that for some reason The Saint also that was another yep. one. Um, but I, I just remember that the late nineties was a time when uh, studios d- rediscovered all of those and decided that they were going to make big budget remakes of them and some of them worked like mission impossible yep adam's family for example any of the other ones work did the saint work the The saint i mean to be honest like i I don't really remember it so well and that's probably the problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean i always liked val kilmer but like you know he's I, I always found him to be uh, to be a little bit of a bland leading man until he started doing more interesting roles like later on in the in the early two thousand like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And that's like my that. favorite role of his. Really. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I, it wasn't it wasn't great, and, and there were a bunch of failures in there. Like amongst them, the movie that we're watching tonight, The Avengers, uh, Wild Wild West, that was oh my, another one, yeah. also based on a sixty TV <laughs> show. So yeah, I just wanted to take you down memory lane, but well, I re- I realized that I'm the only one here. So. I'm sorry, no, no, no. It's uh, it's my fault because um, you know, most of the time, uh, back then that I remember is is mostly Sunday mornings, which is cartoons and stuff like that. It was you know, 
I suppose that's sort of connected to my love for animation, really. It's just how much animation I was watching uh, um, right. you know, back then. But, the, you know, I Batman. do... Batman. Yeah, the animated series. Uh, yeah. 100%. That was, on, the that was on Saturdays. We had to get that recorded off TV on uh, WhatsApp. Not when though. I was a little bit older. Because they no, when you were a little bit older, them. when they started showing the new uh, Batman Adventures, like the new the new animated series. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then there was also... But they were showing, like, old ones. They were showing the original X-Men animated series right. um, on Sunday mornings, which was great. Um, but I digress. The The point is that I do, I do have very vague recollections of what you're talking about, but I think I might have been that smidgen bit too young um, to remember it. Um, you know, because nobody was chasing me around in a clown mask, so it wasn't like burned <laughs> into go. my. Oh, here we go! Oh, here we go! <laughs> uh, Up yours. Let it go. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never gonna hear the end of it. I mean, I'm saying I'm never gonna hear I'm the end of it, you, but it's not like I haven't not heard the end of it I'm for the last however many years. I'm telling you that you're gonna be dying, right? Trapped under debris, right? <laughs> what What happened to me? Um, you were. Driving according to all of the rules of the road, as you're supposed to. Of course. And you're, you're, you're 67 and... Fuck. You're not giving me five a lot months. of time, I know, I know. Well, I mean, it doesn't leave us a lot of time. <laughs> um, and uh, you're 67 and five months. And, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're just sort of like thinking about how, you know, oh God, there are some really good podcasts out there. Mine's better. Um, and, uh, and suddenly... You know, a massive train falls out of the sky. Don't ask me how. Wormhole. You know, how does the plane fly sky out of the sky in Donnie Darko, right? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, crushes the car. And, and I'm there, uh, but I'm fine. Nothing happens Of to course me. you are. And, um, and I say, at least no one scared you to death in a clown mask. Went a little bit off the rails. I apologize. Really what were you did. gonna say? What were you gonna I ask don't me? Know. I don't remember. Oh, okay, fuck. I just wasn't do the fucking intro. Oh, Let's just fine, do the intro. Fine, fine. <laughs> What's our seat number? Hello, and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the show where we ask questions like, when is time spent, time wasted? The answer is, of course, when watching the 1998 remake of British TV show The Avengers, starring Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman, with Sean Connery tagging along in a role that even the mankini-clad star of Zardos found to be supremely embarrassing. <laughs> I am Johnny Gross, yes, THE Johnny Gross, and with me, as always, is my brother, 3D artist, philanthropist, and occasional celebrity dandruff collector, Simon Gross. Say hi. <laughs> Uh, honest now, honest yeah, time, yeah. right? Okay, look me. No, look at me. Don't yeah. look at your notes. Look at me, <laughs> okay. right? Honest time now. How long did you spend on that? <laughs> no, don't look at. Look at me. How much time did you spend on that? Honesty I have, I, circle. I, I did, There's no judgment here. I, I didn't clock in and clock out. Okay, I, I have no idea. Give it to me. And this took me an hour. To <laughs> this took me the whole time between last podcast going I'll, up. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. I thought about it. Um, bef- like in the. 10 minutes between getting really really tired and actually falling asleep <laughs> and i wrote it down on my phone and then i refined it this morning very very That's nice it. very good okay so uh the avengers was suggested by our friend michael samoji mm. who has his own podcast and his own johnny 
Mm-hmm, he uh, does. Yeah. Be sure to check out the Tangent Podcast, where he and his co-host Johnny, not me, go off on tangents. So it's uh, not just a clever name. Now, we have a very small community thus far, but uh, I figured that uh, it would be nice to read out a couple of comments from the group. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the What's Our Seat Number group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We also Twitter, by the way. We, we have a Twitter, we, and, and we Twitter. We are Twitter. Re- regularly, um, Twittering uh, all, all night long. So uh, we have a comment from Philippa. Hey, Phil. Hey, Philippa. How you doing? Um, Philippa says, you've mentioned the page master a couple of times now. I feel like you need to do it, and Sai needs to face his fears. Um, it's actually, it's really funny, because I have... Uh, first of all, um, Philippa is a fantastic artist. Um, check her out on Twitch. Um... Basically, um, I have faced my fears. If they're going to check her out on Twitch, you want to... It, it's just... Just, ju- just Philippa. Okay. Just Philippa. Um, so, uh, it, it, yeah, I have faced my fears on that one. I've seen the movie since being a child, and I actually really like it. And I, I actually really like that scene, um, you know, with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, for those who aren't... Uh, familiar with uh, what we're talking about is the scene in the page master where they face uh, Mr. Hyde used to scare me and Johnny used to capitalize on that um, <laughs> So yeah, I, uh, I I have done that, but do you know what I would really love to um, Do an episode where we watch a film that not only has uh, live-action but VFX to transition into animation and then talk about the animation stuff I'm really down. So if that's something that people would be interested in I'm in cool 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 so we have another comment from, uh, well, we, we know this guy's real name, uh, but uh, just for shits and giggles, we're going to call him the name that uh, he calls himself on Facebook, which is Facebook. Facebook. Well, we're, Would you we're like some Sean more Chardonnay? Connery. We're in Sean Connery mode tonight. Shakus. 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 Yeah. Sounds like a rude word, but it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, he says, uh, regarding Ghostbusters 2, we asked you uh, why you think people don't like Ghostbusters 2. Um, so Shakus says, I think the reason that people dislike the second one is that it's retreading on the same lines of the first film, technically telling the same story. I like the second film, though. So, um, I... There's a whole conversation I, here. That yeah, I I've, I've seen the whole yeah. conversation. I've also, as I know him, so I've, I've spoken to him about this as well. Um, I, I, he, he's guessing. He's guessing because um, that's what he thinks it is. Um, I'd like to hear from people who actually really don't like Ghostbusters 2, but he, his his theory is probably correct. People don't like it when when sequels don't, you know, try and go bigger. But then when sequels do try and go bigger, and then they don't do it well, people complain about it. So, can't really win, and he's right. he's right. that There are a lot of similar beats, but there are also, as we said in the last episode, like a lot of amazing character moments and there's a change in tone and a shift in design as well and and visual effects prowess so um i mean i really appreciate it that he spent the time to argue with you as well on facebook well it wasn't wasn't an argument it was a discussion discussion. discussion. i like that he spent the time on it i i'd I'd like to see more of that so if any of you listeners want to uh want to write us uh, on facebook or on uh, tweeted tweetle tweetle uh, twoodle twoodle i believe that's what the kids are calling it today twoodle. right um so uh so please do um please write to us on the in the group or on the page and we will uh talk about you where you can't fight back um <coughs> also just a, a little addition here i i really want to say johnny said at the beginning of this section that there are people who are listening to the podcast and i just want to say thank you so much to all of you for taking the time to listen actually listen 
Yeah, All the we're, way we're averaging really about nice. 50 listens uh, an episode, which, which is, is great. Which is really not bad going for, a, you know, six episodes. It's not we bad. We also, and, like, just started a month yeah. ago. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really, really grateful to all of you, so thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. The next thing I just wanted to mention was that uh, it's come to my attention that we are not alone. What do you mean? Our mother listens to the podcast oh yes this old this old thing yes. not her i mean i mean the podcast is an old thing <laughs> oh, well, it's new. oh boy oh, wow that was that was fast have you noticed i haven't sworn or i don't think i have i don't know she's counting apparently she sent me a message saying oh, i'm no. really i'm really really enjoying the podcast right you're both really funny and i'm like your number one fan but you do swear a lot well i think you as i said uh, i said to you in <laughs> private you do swear you swear a lot in the first episode and then you kind of calm down a bit i don't know i i was sort of i was i was doing that thing that i do where i'm like getting all huffy and, and uppity about you know something that someone said and I'm, i was like oh she how, how don't listen if you don't like it and then i was like maybe what i should do is i should commit to one episode just to make up swear words all the way through um not this episode because i think i have actually already dropped a couple of swear words but we'll consciously in the next one we'll make it a game okay okay all right. Yeah, that, will that will that help you, Mummy? Will that help you, you know, <laughs> with the listening? It's just it's just like offset that first episode with one with complete nonsense in it, and then that you know I'll be able to swear from then on. Please write in and let us know. But that would mean you'd have to open Facebook. Um, I I just I just find it funny that we made a joke in the first episode about like our one or two listeners, and then I said hi, Mum, and. And then she listened to it, like after the fact, like quite a while after the fact. So that's kind of meta <laughs> to me. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, look, the thing is that in, the, in our synopsis, we do promise sexual swear words. We do. So we have to deliver. I mean, we can't just, just we can't one... just watch our p's and q's. I mean, who, who the fuck do they think we are? It's not just it's just one <laughs> one tiny little fuck. Yes, okay? just... I was just gonna say fuck once. Okay, no, I won't say it again. Okay, all right. Well, fuck. I'll, I'll give her a version that's bleeped. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it is time for the tagline game. Oh, I'm so excited because I'll tell you what, I didn't actually write down my own, but while I was doing the dishes earlier, I came up with a couple. Okay. So you want you want to? Um. Okay. What a horse's ass of a movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a good one. All right. Oh, thank you. Great. But that's okay. that's kind of a retro one. That's like a like a sort of. You know, it's it's not something that they would have written on it at the time, but it might be something that, uh, like, right. you know, Bob from the Daily Star might write <laughs> on the Blu-ray box. Right, so you're getting, like, those <laughs> those very unhappy reviews under the, like, one yeah, star, like, what a horse is awesome. <laughs> but I'm, ex- I'm I'm sort of imagining it with, like, an SH of that horse is arse of a movie. Right. right? <laughs> okay. um, and the other one, I don't remember it, come back to me. Okay, I will do. All right. So, um, okay, so the first, your first tagline is, only the mission matters. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second one is, when evil reigns, only one team can weather the storm. Mm-hmm. And the third one is, saving the world never goes out of style. I've remembered what my one was, though. I don't know if I've remembered what my one was. <laughs> what was your one? It was, um... No, I'll, I'll do it at the end. Um, so... Oh, come on, give me that again. Only the mission matters. Only the mission matters, okay. When evil reigns, only one team can weather the storm. See, I that's that's sort of tricky, right? Because this movie has a bad guy who's, you know, trying to take over the world by controlling the weather. Right. So you've put that in there on purpose, or that's it? But go I, on. I don't know, we'll find out. Don't do that, go on. And the third one is, saving the world never goes out of style. 
Okay, so... I was expecting it would be something, like, like stupid, like, you know, they're back or something, but, you know, obviously not. <laughs> uh, that's, um, it's either, I think it's, it's going to be the opposite of what I guess. It's either the last one or the second one. The second one is the is when evil reigns, only one team can weather the storm. Yeah, is that what you're going for? Well, that's, they're not a team; they're a duo. So it's not it's not that one. But then it's going to be that one. I hate this you, game. You can't see, but I have a shit eating grin on my face only because I know. I'm going to start cheating. I'm going to start looking at them. <laughs> I'm going to make you look silly. But is that your final answer? Are you going with that one? The second one? Yeah. Yes. You are. Correct. Oh, finally I won. What do I get? Uh, cuddle. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know what the other two were? Yeah, go on. Only the mission matters was Mission Impossible. Right, I was going to say that. Okay. Obviously Mission Impossible. And Saving the World Never Goes Out of Style is The Man from Uncle. Oh. 2015. Um, I think that my, my second one was um, this, this movie will give you all the peels get it because like hang on get it right because let me explain it if you didn't get it right oh fuck emma no. peel right mrs peel yep, right yeah, and yep. peel being another word for feel right like as in mixing those two words up like changing the p with the f so down feel peel peel feel do you want to watch the movie um well first of all i wanted to ask you about your memories of the movie before we start watching the movie all right i'll tell you i'll tell you um so movie yes is absolute shite yeah but what are your memories of it no i know yeah that's what i remember of it so i actually really hope that i'm gonna come out of this liking it that's that's like i want to be turned around on it. i i won't be don't think I want you to will be. i uh yeah so the movie i remember sean connery a lot i remember some i remember a lot of stuff i remember um i remember the fight on the wires at the end yeah, uh, Mrs. Peel. I remember the sword fight. I, obviously, I remember Steed, John Steed. What a horse's ass of a name! Like I remember that yes, all the, a uh, from a from a from from early childhood. Remember that, right? I remember them walking in the the bubble things, like the I don't know <laughs> the fuck. There's a weird aesthetic to this movie. I want to talk about Absolutely. that in, yeah, yeah. in the attic a little do you, bit. Do later. you remember the um, the multicolored teddy bears around the? Conference I remember table. the multicolored <laughs> teddy bears around the conference table. The sponsors I, of this week's podcast, by the way. Multicolored teddy bears. Yeah, yeah. Multicolored <laughs> teddy bears sitting around a conference table. Get they're yours today. They're obviously businessmen. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? Um, and what are they sponsoring it for? Like just for for teddydom in general. I, I don't know for shits and giggles. Lovely. So I I think that the um the the thing that I really take away from the film is that every time I haven't watched it for a while, I'm hoping that the memory of it is worse than the actual movie, and then it always turns out to be that that's not the case. Do you remember that CD-ROM that I had with all the trailers on it? Yeah. Okay. So I I'm not sure if this was on it, but Entrapment was on it. Austin Powers. Austin Powers was on it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, entrapment is what cops do to thieves. Uh, he was in the twilight of his career at this yeah. point. I mean, he was like winding down, really. <laughs> I think there's there's this um, and uh, and obviously Entrapment, which was kind of vanilla. League of uh, Extraordinary Gentlemen. League of Extraordinary this Gentlemen. Is is a, yeah, and he also had that um, somewhere sandwiched in between was uh, Gus Van Sant's uh, Goodwill Hunting retread, Finding nice. Forrester. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think he was. Uh, I'm not sure if he had fun making this movie, but uh, he certainly looks like it, even though it, it must have read crap on the page. I, I just don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see when we look at it, but I can tell you that I, 
I enjoyed his performance more in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen than I did in right in this film. Right. Um, and there's just a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense and scenes that don't connect and storylines that don't go anywhere. So I just... Ah, so that, that that's what I was... Yeah, so that's CD-ROM. Yeah. Um, the, the other movie that was on there was Wild Wild West. Remember that? Yeah. So it had the uh, the uh, the trailer of that and it's... um. I just remember being really, really excited for it because, first of all, Will Smith was really big at the time. Yeah. Um, and it was also um, Barry Sonnenfeld's follow-up to uh, to MIB. Right. So we were very, very excited for that. Um, and and I, I feel that way about that movie, like exactly what you just said. I sometimes try and rewatch Wild Wild West hoping that I'm going to like it. I mean, there are certain elements of it that I do like, but, I mean, it's so bad and like and and what you've what why are you looking like that i like wild wild west you like wild wild west. well I'm, I'm not saying that I, I, no I, I mean I, I understand why i shouldn't like it and i know everything that's wrong with it and when i watch it i cringe but i i like it i know that that's like the unpopular opinion but i like it it's so stupid i want to hate it but i can't i mean it's just it's terrible it's really pretty bad but i yeah. like it <laughs> That's gonna have to be one that we uh, yeah that we I, do. I want to watch um, League League of Extraordinary. See, you can't even I do it either. Know. Why are you trying it if you can't do Fine, it? Fine, LXG. Good. I want yep. to watch that one because there's a lot of VFX in there that I'd like to sort of pick apart. Okay. Um, and also, I I just again a movie that I should hate but don't hate. And also uh, Van Helsing, like that one too. I know all the films that you hate that I should like. That I should hate. God, I mean, I don't like that about it, but I like the rest. No, of it. I like uh, okay. the design of the werewolves. I'll, I'll tell you what my issue with Van and Helsing was. I like Dracula. Uh, yeah, no, I like all the design stuff. I really do. But like, I, I just, I went to see that Universal Studios when I was there for the like the theme park and everything, and that was to to cap off the day was to go to the cinema and watch Van Helsing, and I was really excited for it because the Mummy and everything like you know Stephen Summers, Hugh Jackman and uh, Van Helsing, all that stuff. It was just it was just really cool, and I just I came out of that so disappointed. It's a shame. It's, I think I think that I I came out of it just really enjoying it. Like I like the whole black and white thing at the beginning. You know what? The, the black and white thing at the beginning is we'll, great. We'll do it. We'll do yeah. it. We'll do the movie. It, we'll, I think we'll, that we should okay. do that. Okay, so we're gonna go and watch the Avengers. And uh, Michael Samoji, I just want you to know this is your fucking fault. certainly was a film oh, god that sucked do you want to know how long that was go on that was 89 minutes fucking sure felt it's shorter just, than that wow <laughs> um it was uh it was just never ending there was a point where you said oh god is it still going <laughs> like, <laughs> i think i said that twice actually <laughs> it's like <laughs> Oh, it's uh it's it, this is the problem i don't have many good things to say about it that's like I mean, after it, after the Phantom, right, where we basically shit talked the whole film. Yes, but I believe I said to you at one point during this film, "Fuck it, just put the Phantom on." Right, <laughs> you did. And the thing is, is that the Phantom is a masterpiece compared to this one. Like I just, I, truly, I it's like it's inept. It's really inept. It's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. Like the whole way through the film, it's just so. Oh God. The, the, it's 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 we'll get into it but there's like so much 
faffing about and conversations. Like, I think there are a load of times where I turned to you and I just, like, went, what are they talking about? Like, I don't... I don't understand the conversations going on here. Well, and, uh, I, I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. All right, so. so I'll let you lead us through it because I'm currently paralyzed beyond the capacity for rational thought. Okay, my notes here are, are quite <laughs> scant in comparison to previous uh, episodes. Really? Because I got like a lot here. No, I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, what the fuck? It's like, oh, I see. What is this? Why are they doing that? And and where did that come from? And where did that plot thread go? Okay, but like, there's not a lot because, you know, I I just I guess I care much less than. Well, I I care much less. I see. <laughs> I don't care. I see. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's start with the um. <sighs> With the title sequence, which uh, looks like they downloaded some uh, cloud time-lapse footage from uh, Envato Elements. Yeah, it was extremely glitchy and trippy, and it looked like the text spinning on in that 2D fade-on kind of way that you would get in, like, PowerPoint preset animations. And it was just um, lots of warping and... Like, weird, uh, very weird, very strange. I couldn't... Ah. Okay, so from the title sequence, we segue into a sword fight. Oh, by the way, just in case people are interested, we lost Shosh midway through the title sequence this time. <laughs> <laughs> was she even planning to sit and watch the film? She said, So she was like, no, because the whole weekend I've been saying, this movie's so shit, this movie's so shit, you want to watch it with us? You it's really you're, shit. you're leading the witness, that's your problem. No, like I told her, this, it's so bad. It's so bad that... Okay, let's just... Oh, soda. soda. So it's, I'll have some as well. Thank you. Go. Come on then. Hold it up to the mic. More. Let's have a little bit of ASMR. There we go. There we go. Ooh, a little bit, a little bit from mine as well. <laughs> Very nice. Very bubbly. Okay. Um, no, so I said to her, "This is rubbish. This is rubbish. This is rubbish." And I said, "Do you want to watch it with us?" And she's like, "I'll pass." And then I made really good buttered popcorn. And then she was like, "I'll stay for the popcorn." And then <laughs> yeah. she didn't even stay for the popcorn. She was like, "No, this is uh, yeah, no." I mean, I mean, but I mean, from the title sequence. Just yeah, from the title just from sequence. Just the title sequence. Okay. She doesn't suffer fools, that woman, and yet she's married to me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, shall we continue? Okay. Do you so, want to continue? Of course I want to bloody continue. Speaking of which, that location from Dying It Die will come back day, into this, yeah, yes. Yeah, we'll You've got it written it. there? Yeah. Um, I was very excited for this movie. Not, not recently. Not over this weekend. I was I was excited to do the podcast because I like talking to you about movies. No, sure. I was excited for this movie in 1998. Okay, I have the novelization somewhere. Do you? Interesting. I do. Do you have extra insights into the film because of it? Because sometimes the novelization. Do, I don't have the. I mean, it's it's at the parents somewhere in a cupboard. I oh, it it's not there. I'm telling you, it's not there. It it is there. Really? I think it is. Yeah. I still have I, I have the Eraser novelization, the hook. Stargate novelization, the Hook novelization. There's a lot of that. Uh, and uh, you collect a lot of stuff to do with films. You must really? be interested in this. Hmm. No, but this was from when I was a kid, from when I was a teenager. So all that stuff has still got to be there somewhere. But I, I remember being very excited for this movie because I mean, on the face of it, first of all, I used to watch the TV series, uh, and on the face of it, it's about spies. Yeah. In England. Um, 
and you know there's action and there's you know like a you know what I mean like a megalomaniac trying to take over the world all that stuff what does that remind you of James Bond exactly and and who's sure. playing the bad guy Sean Connery exactly James Bond there's a lot of James Bond connections um I mean obviously there's Ray Fiennes I mean after the fact Ray Fiennes yeah you know uh, playing uh, playing the playing M um also the uh, the tester I, I don't know if you noticed this but yeah, the yeah. tester i don't know his name the tester from the opening sequence skyfall. is the uh, is the psychiatrist from skyfall mm-hmm. so that's that's do you think when they did casting for skyfall they were going let's find all the people who made that shitty avengers movie in 1998 <laughs> and get them on this one <laughs> right well i mean eddie is didn't turn up in skyfall funnily enough Interesting. um okay well i i wanted to have a look at this because um there's uh there's a few james bond connections here um, obviously, uh, um, John Steed himself, Patrick McNee, uh, was in A View to a Kill. Wait a minute, is this, uh... No, 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 I just no, want to, like, uh, okay, I just want to talk about, like, in general, like, uh, that he was... So, Patrick McNee was in A View to a Kill. Anna Blackman was, uh, was Pussy Galore, and she sure. was, uh, she was also, like, uh, I think she... Was she Emma Peel or was it uh, Diana Rigg? Diana I think Diana Rigg, Rigg was Emma Diana Peel. Rigg was Emma Peel. Right. Um, so they did like two seasons each, I think. Um, Diana Rigg obviously played Tracy Bond in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Um, and uh, there's Good also girl. like a couple of other... Um, I mean, I think Joanna Lumley as well, because she also appeared in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, um, and obviously, you know, there's the Connery connection. Uh, there's, there's quite a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so when I was a kid, it was... Um, it was it was kind of like a Bond fest, and I saw the trailer, and it was very very sort of twee British, but like with a with an injection of kind of like this cool modern streak with uh, you know with action explosions and whatever. I'm talking yeah. about the trailer, yeah. Um, and I actually went to see this movie in the cinema, and um, my initial reaction I remember was, huh. <laughs> and I think I think like I'm you know, and I was a stupid kid, so uh, so I would watch anything. But I think it took it took a while for the movie to lose me at that age, and I think it lost me at the teddy bears. <laughs> That's when I looked at it and I went, "Okay, what the, what the fuck is this? Who, who's playing a prank on me? Like, what what is this? Can you can you just like stop the stop the projection and roll the real movie, please? Like, what the hell's going on? What are these teddy bears doing here, sitting around a conference <laughs> table? It's like the funkiest spectre scene I've ever fucking seen. I thought that he was going to press a button and electrocute one of the teddy bears. And what happens in reality is so much weirder. Yeah. Because he, he has these... What are they? They're like poison darts that are like on a lapel pin on his... Teddy, his you'd own think, teddy you'd, suit. And... You'd think that all of that fur would provide some kind of cushioning or something. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's being thrown by James Bond, so, you know. But I, I, I also, like, I know the scene is coming. I know exactly where it is in the movie. I've seen the movie a couple of times. And uh, the boardroom full of people in massive teddy bear suits in different colors is very, very, very odd. And it's... Okay, I'm motioning for you to come forward so you get I, a little bit closer to the mic. I'm too scared to move in my chair. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying move in your chair. Move with your I chair. I can't. There's literally no room okay. for the chair to move forward. So how about okay. we do this? I'm going to move the microphone forward. Oh, and then that's going to fall on me. Mm. Is that all right? Yes. Now now, now, give me some... Uh, finish yourself off with some final sods. Ooh. Alan's deep bar. What was it? It was... It was um, <laughs> The new G64, the only car that literally says, Varoom. 
Hello, Stephen. This is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. <laughs> right. Should we, should we get back on track? Do you want to go back? Do you want to do it again? What? Watch the movie? <laughs> Sorry. My uh, balls just uh, <laughs> packed up and went on holiday. And they ran away. Oh, hell no. Right, okay. So we was, I was just saying that the teddy bears, it just always throws me and it always makes me go... What? Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's go through our shit. Okay. okay. So first of all, you've got the there are two sword fights in the first twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, that that scene was in the trailer where uh, John Steed's walking around a, a twee British street, and uh, he says good morning to the constable, and then he uh, judo chops him basically, um, and flips him over, and then he says good morning to the milkman, and the milkman uh, cracks tries a bottle to kill him. and tries to kill him. <laughs> So um, the, the it's it, I thought that was actually quite a good opening yeah. scene. Well, I mean the choreography is for shit though, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, however, it just goes downhill from there. The whole mother father thing, yeah, which I which I hate. Um, <laughs> Jim Broadbent, yeah, Jim Broadbent. There's a thing that he always looks like he's going cross-eyed. Yes, indeed. And he's got that thing where he says, "Do you not? Do you not like look at him in this movie? And he's like smoking cigarettes, but he's not actually smoking them. Like he's he's putting them in his mouth, and he's he's kind of like going on them. And you're like going, smoke it. Just like fucking smoke it or don't. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Just smoke it. <laughs> please, please toke on it properly. Okay. And then there's a uh, there's a scene where um, where Steed and Peel are um, chatting. They're having a conversation. And um, uh, it turns out, and they're, they're in this guy's uh, this guy's shop, where he's obviously trying out his like attire kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and he decides that he doesn't like the uh, the handle of the sword that he's using. He wants the rosewood one. Right. Right. So that is the whole reason for Steed and Peel. I'm so sorry, I've already forgotten the scene that you're talking about. I so 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 what I'm saying is that Steed and Peel are having a sword fight while having a simple chat in the shop. <laughs> Okay, yeah, the sword yes. fight, right? But right. no, just the the so thing. What I'm saying is the, the only reason why they're having a sword fight while they're having that conversation is because he's supposedly trying out the handle. Oh right, okay, that was never clear. I've got it written here. Why are they having a sword fight? Yeah, it's it's just it kind of kind of foreshadows the um the the general disjointed dreamlike feeling of this entire yeah film. I I think dreamlike is very it was not apt. intentional I don't there's think. a lot of there's a lot of strange editing choices and lines that are kind of I don't know like jumping one off the other and and yeah. all of the all of the lines are delivered in this monotone very strange it's if, very if any of you have ever um uh ever watched uh, Batman and Robin more than once and um, I know you're out there you can't hide from me <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm one of them actually so I don't so know am I I'm just like should I be worried I, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what, what am I going to do to you I mean honestly yeah. um, <laughs> uh, so she um, is basically what delivering she being Uma Thurman she's delivering these lines in exactly the same um, way that she's that she delivers them in Batman and Robin. There's something about an anatomically correct rubber suit. It's like she's that. got two modes. It's like where she's in actor mode and where she's in campy mode. Like where right. she's just like, okay, this role is rubbish. Yeah. I'm going to 
you know, just. Camp but she it did out. a few. This is like a you know one after the other, yeah. like ninety seven to ninety eight. Very strange. Like she and and Ray finds at the time uh, he'd just come off the English patient. How far the mighty fall? Well, I mean, listen, he doesn't look like he's into it at all. Like he's not putting any effort into it. He doesn't <laughs> right. look like he's like the only person who actually seems to be doing any kind of attempt at getting into the vibe is Sean Connery. Well, he's chewing the scenery. He is. And he's doing it well. I mean, I've, yes. I th- he looks like he's having fun. And the thing is, is that... He's know, always got a smirk on his face. He's the grump of the lot. Like, normally he doesn't want to do... He, he thinks movies are rubbish. Like, the, the, like no, this. I wouldn't say he thinks movies no, are rubbish. No, when he but... got... He, he said he was offered The Matrix and he didn't understand it, so he turned it down. And he right. was offered Lord of the Rings and he didn't understand it, so he turned it down. And he's like the kind of guy who... Well, I mean, he was the kind of guy. And it seemed from interviews with him that he was just not impressed by a lot of stuff. And he's like, at this point in my career, it's like, I'm not going to do stuff that's all fantastical and weird. And here Except he is that those are the only movie. things that he, he accepted in the, at that stage of his life. Yeah, I'm saying like he he's the grump of the lot. So you kind of look at him, and you're going, well, he's actually he's wearing this teddy bear suit and he's was doing it. The Rock, the last good movie he was in, no, 1996. And then there was this, and Finding Forrester, um, and uh, an LXG, and Entrapment. Entrapment. I think that's it. Oh, Entrapment wasn't a very good movie either. That's what cops do to thieves. Mm. Um. Yeah. So. So he's, he's. Why am I not surprised, you piece of shit? So he's like munching on the scenery the whole way through, and uh, he's always got a smirk on his face or a schmirk, I should say. Um. And uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he look. I mean, there are certain things that he just delivers with relish. Like uh, now is the winter of your discontent. You know, he's got all that stuff going on. So, some interesting things, like, story-wise, right? Because we're, we're talking... We're I'm talking sorry, what-wise? Right, exactly. Is that we're talking about the very disjointed quality to it. And then you were talking... You were also talking about the sword fight and how there was, like, a... Try and explain this to me. Because none of this makes sense. She's a suspect. And they bring her into... They've brought her in. Mother's office. And it's mother, like... Mother being the, the M, I guess. They've shown her where the entrance to the ministry is. How to get in. She's not in handcuffs. And then there's, why is Peel, uh, not Peel, why is Steed naked in the sauna? Yeah, the I've, got, I've written here, Rafe's naked buttocks. <laughs> I've just written buttocks. That's all I've written here right. to remind me about that. I'm sorry, I, I just take them very quickly. Buttocks. Um, and then, uh, you know, the the whole thing where it's like, you will be allowed to prove your innocence. Okay. Well, if Why? you if you didn't do it, then you have to find out who did it. Like what exactly, the, I, don't, and, I don't get it. But then it's like, and now you're going to team up with our agent and be given, you know, like our gadgets and stuff, like your own boots. The I'm boots, very confused. The boots seem like a gift from Steed, right? And they also appear to have a tracking system, which in is them. a little bit sus. What? The the they're a gift from Steed, and they've got a tracking device. Right, in them. right, very indeed. sus, indeed. Um, and also uh, the the whole thing with the with the tea set in the car. What is their obsession with tea in this film? Because I, every look, no I, no I, I, I don't want to hear it's because oh in India tea tea tea. I did I didn't say that. <laughs> Sorry, you also wouldn't have said it like that. Please continue. What the fuck? Sorry. <laughs> so dark. 
the uh, the tea thing I think is a carryover from the TV series. Um, but okay, I'll, but I'll tell you what obsessive. my issue is. No, I'll tell you what my issue is. One second, soda. <sighs> ASMR. Lovely. Um, okay, I had an issue with the fact that Mother, uh, played by Jim Vorven, is sitting um, at a desk in front of a bunch of computer screens. So it's obviously set in the present day with a, an insanely unrelenting, in-your-fucking-face 60s design and aesthetic, um, including Keely Hall's hair, right? Yep. Um, and the and the cat suit and the the you know and obviously like they, look they had to bring in the uh, you know the the bowler hat and all that stuff, um, but you know either set it in the sixties yeah or set it in the present day and I didn't get it I mean you kept saying you kept saying steampunk I've got no I've got a lot of stuff but about design here it's, I it's don't understand odd. why I do, it wasn't it wasn't so much steampunk there's a steampunk esque design to the well, we'll t- come back to design for the attic okay when we go up the staircase that right. i have been have you, assured have you the creaky door? i've been assured that the steps are no longer a, a, a hazard um but apparently there's something wrong with the railing so just don't touch the walls or the don't don't touch anything okay just right arms at your sides and the door's not it's fixed. It what, closes. What about just, the asbestos? No. Get that sorted. No. And also... And the termites. Just, yeah. And also the ghouls in there are still there. And the shadow creatures that go... Did, still there. Didn't you... Oh, oh, my God. I had nightmares about that. <laughs> didn't I... Didn't I... Uh, didn't I tell you that, like, you know, we, we weren't doing Halloween anymore? Like, Halloween's gone. Past. Unfortunately, the attic is the attic and it just is what it is. Like, I don't clean up. I see. Look at I my, um, you know... Storage unit downstairs. Anyway, so uh, what was I, what were we saying? Yeah, we'll yeah, come we're back talking to about it in the that. Attic, yeah, but we're just... talking about like the um, the Britishness thing, and everything's all very twee. Very oh, let's uh, let's sit down, have a cup of tea. Everything's a quip. Sure. The script is just really trying too hard. Like it's it's every single line. I don't think you could say that about this script. Well, that it's trying too hard. That it's trying. No, I'm. It's trying Apart to from my patience. It's trying to be funny, um, and and I think that. Um, that in general, uh, everything that comes out of each character's mouth is completely and utterly nonsensical. But speaking of British, I've written here, Mrs. Peel couldn't find a famous actress with an English accent. Is she cast just for sex appeal? Which has been written A-P-E-E-L-E? Oh my God. Question mark? <laughs> uh, there are a couple of these. I'll, uh, I'll throw those. I, I have... Oh, thank you very much. I had another one of those tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I have actually written down here that um, Uma Thurman is a very strange casting choice for this. Um, and obviously she was, uh, she was hot at the time. Um, and, and no, that, that's not me being sexist. I'm talking about like hot in terms of demand. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't quite understand why they cast her for this, but uh, her accent... Um, Leaves quite a bit to be desired, especially since everything has to be twee and British. Um, it's uh, it's like I mean Jeremiah Chechik, the director, is uh, is Canadian, I believe, um, and uh, and a lot of people wrote, and and we'll get to this when we get to trivia corner, um, but uh, a lot of people wrote about how um, the American studio producing a quintessentially British remake of a British TV show didn't quite 
understand the Britishness of it and oversaturated it with Britishness. With like, it's that kind of that thing in Family Guy where the uh, where the Brits all have like this uh, these ugly bad teeth and they all talk like yeah, yes yeah. yes um, you know so it's it's that kind of thing it's the American um, sort of viewpoint of what a Brit is it's very stereotypical and uh, um, yeah yeah but there are also like there are actresses who are American who can hold a British accent. Oh, like I've, mo- I've moved on from that. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I, I was talking generally about the, uh, um, about the, the over-reliance on, uh, on sort of British stereotype and, and whatever. No, I understand. And, I'm and just her... saying that that comes through in her performance. Right. That's that what I'm saying. It's very exaggerated. Is her, yeah. Her in, performance in... probably would have rang, rung a little bit more true if, uh, if she hadn't been sort of uh, playing a caricature. Right. Exactly. That's and also she point. might have, you know, the, the, I would, I would maybe have given a shit about the characters if they, all hadn't been caricatures, right? Because like, there's it's one thing not to take anything seriously, um, but uh, but to still create characters that you care about. Um, because I mean, look, if you if you look at Austin Powers, that's a spoof. That's a full on spoof. Yeah. But there are still moments in there, like uh, you know, when uh, when Austin sort of laments about the fact that um, that Mrs. Kensington uh, got older and moved on and got married and had kids. Um, you know, when he while he was frozen, you know, the whole frozen thing is a uh, is a is a cliche and it's um, uh, very much, uh, you know, a, a, a joke like it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a yeah. punchline. But then they take that and they use that as like this this affecting scene that they have in the hotel together. Um, and you see him falling in love with her. And that's a spoof. This movie can't call itself a spoof. But at the same time, it doesn't take anything seriously. Therefore, there's nothing there for me to sort of anchor with the character, like to anchor the characters down for me to identify with, for like a window for me. The entire thing is just incredibly weird. And like, and I know that they cut down a lot of things, and it was originally 115 minutes long, and they cut it down oh, to 89 God, minutes. Perish the thought. Yeah, but I'm saying that that what is there is is really really weird and trippy and i can't imagine that the extra time that if if they would have you know if jeremiah chechik had gotten his wish and he went to warner brothers and said hey i'll do a director's cut and i'll do it for free and they said no nobody wants to see that um you know so i i can't understand what that movie would have looked like it would have just been more of the same for longer which to me sounds like hell quite honestly I don't know. I so I saw someone had written on one of the because I did a lot of uh, frantic digging for anything on the VFX in this movie uh, online, and I just came across somebody who'd written, "Man, we really need a director's cut of this film," <laughs> and I'm like, no no, "No, no, we don't. No, we don't. Please don't." Um, I've got. It's like there's an exec sitting there going. Oh God! We let Snyder do it. Now everybody wants a fucking piece. What about uh, you know what's his name? Um, Suicide Squad. David Ayer. Yeah, there you go. You know, David Ayer's coming and going. Oh, oh, there's a there's so much of Jared Leto on the cutting room floor. I'm not in. I'm not down with all the, you know, directors cutting and save well, the, the, the this thing cut is that the um, the, uh, the Snyder cut of Justice League actually you know benefited from. Uh, from that and it was actually it quite a good movie but it was just because it was so horribly chopped up before yeah it was that they'd gone so far in the other yeah. direction and and and, and, and the reshoots with joss it. whedon and etc etc that i i don't know if, if justice league had come out in its three and a half hour form at the from the get-go 
would it have been as popular as the Snyder Cut was? And I'm saying popular online because I don't think it it made as much money as Warner Brothers wanted it to, even in streaming. Mm. Um, But but the popularity from the, like the the response from the fans was overwhelmingly positive. Um, And I also like, I I really, really liked it. I enjoyed it too. I'm just saying that I don't, like, it was a novel thing that it happened. Yeah. But then the fact that now that's like, oh, let's see what else we can get, you know. Yeah, no, it's, not every film deserves that. Yeah. Um, and I think that Snyder, first of all, Snyder like was uh, was taken out of that movie um, in uh, in sort of tragic circumstances. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think that, that you know he deserved to to have his vision at least partially realized because uh, when you look at the you know the the DC comics that he's working from, there's so much interesting stuff going on there that would have completely taken it in a different direction that like no DC movie has ventured in before. Um, and it just would have been really, really interesting to see that two-parter that, uh, you know, that, that he was planning on, uh, yeah. on making. Anyway, I digress. Um, we uh, hate the Avengers so much that we've Stop gone talking completely about it, started off talking the about something else. I'll, I'll tell you what I've written here in my notes, right? Yeah. The, the first thing that I've written here is, and I'm assuming this is to do with Sean Connery because I can't remember anymore, but um, moustache exclamation mark. Lovely. Um, it's got handlebars. I don't understand. So I'm going to name some things here that I feel just okay, quick don't fire go round. anywhere. Quick fire round. Just give it to me. Yeah, let's go. Things that don't go anywhere. What is Mrs. Peel's picture doing in Sean Connery's house? Above his... Above his piano. Pipe organ. Yeah, okay. Um, phone booth in the middle of nowhere on his estate. Um, How now, Brown Cow? Yeah. Uh, teddy bears, what the fuck? <laughs> Emma Peel and John Steed don't seem phased by the two dead teddies. Like, they just walk into the room. They're like, ah. Okay. Um, You are a Gemini, Mrs. Peel. How did you know? Hmm. Quote. That's the line. (laughs) Alice, the old woman, says to her, You are a Gemini, Mrs. Peel. How did you know? And then she goes, Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Perfect example of this movie. Just things not going anywhere, right? Uh, Father is blind. Or is she? Or isn't she? All the way through the movie. No consistency on that. Right, this is something that I noticed all the way through the movie. Steed doesn't do anything at all throughout the film, right? A tracking device in her boots. But Steed is quite useless. He's just following her around, looking at the balloon and not actually doing anything. And then she has to jump out of the balloon and then minutes afterwards because he and somehow survive also well i mean she landed in a big clump of snow like that's fine but whatever you know and then and then he starts running towards mrs peel um there's no chemistry in their in their kiss very very awkward teenagery kind of oh so that was that was another thing i mentioned to you while we were watching it that uma thurman also in batman and robin and i'm sure in other movies that she's done when she does the uh, the stage kiss, she sucks in her cheeks a la Roger Moore, and it just looks weird. Yeah. Continue. <sighs> Choreography is rubbish. <laughs> Sean Connery <laughs> letching is weird AF. <laughs> uh, I've written ribbons, but I'm assuming what I meant is that the film has been cut to ribbons. I don't okay. know. Maybe there was something I, with the ribbons. I don't remember and I missed any it. ribbons. Uh, I don't know. I think at some point I just stopped actually taking notes. <laughs> Um, why are they walking in two plastic bubbles? Tell Johnny I don't care. 
Sean Connery is quite good in this. Looks like he's having a little bit of a laugh. Written L-A-F-F. At the expense of everybody else, he's the only one who actually knows he's in complete and utter bollocks. Oh, oh, this is... uh, I've written this one as well. I did it all! (laughs) T? Because that line just slayed me. I died, basically. Um... That's it, I'm out. What you got? Okay, I'm, go- I'm also going to read my notes. <laughs> go on, just read the bit, yeah. <laughs> Strange dreamlike cinematography, soft focus. I don't have to say anything about that. It's f- weird. <laughs> Sean, Con- <laughs> Sean Connery is letching at her and getting aroused by weather. Yep. Oh, yep. no, I've got the another... thing with I'm, the clouds. Hang on. Oh, wait, hang on. Where did, where did I write my, that? I did write He said something thing. about, like, my One nana. One should never fear getting wet. Okay. That's what he says to her. Right? He says something like, my nana used to tell me the names of the clouds. And then Mrs. Peel starts naming the clouds. And he and he's starts like, going, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, I've written here plastic props. Yeah. Um, did you the, did you see the flower? Yeah. Plastic. Fantastic. I find myself not listening to the dialogue. <laughs> Though, yeah, I have to admit there were a couple of dialogue sequences where I tuned out and then I was Completely. Like, I have no idea what was going on and it's my own fault. Um, I, ju- I did try. The, uh, I, did I really try, did. But I were, thought I was concentrating few... and then I realized I wasn't. Yeah, it's like where you're reading a book and you're determined to finish it and then you get to the bottom of the page and you're like, fuck, I haven't actually been reading right. any you, of you, like, you read like a page back. and you realize you just like, none of it went in. <laughs> yeah. Why are Stephen Peel just wandering around his facility? Yep. The locations and production design are just odd. Um, okay, there's that thing where um, where her double attacks her, mm-hmm. and then there's like three puns, uh, one after the other. Uh, she says something about, um, you had to save me from myself, and then he says, I thought I was saying double, and then she yeah. says, that makes two of us. Right, yeah. Oh, God. In general, very tough to follow. I put here bees, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they split up in a fucking maze? Right, that was another thing that I've I've missed a couple of these. I've got okay, oops. So uh, when um, when they go into the maze, right? What's her name? Alice, the old woman who goes hmm, right, right. has uh, said to them, "I know the way in." Right, I'm going to take you through a back entrance, and they've not gone in yet. And she goes, "We should split up," <laughs> and. Which is very strange. And then the final Mrs. Peel <laughs> pun. Up in a maze. I don't get it. The final Mrs. Peel pun uh, is at the expense of Eddie Izzard when he smacks into the, his uh, stunt double comes smashing oh, into the we'll thing at the there. end. Um, and I've written. Oh, you want me to save that for when you get there? No, oh, go, go on. No, he's going to have to peel himself off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Do you want to know how it's spelled? It's P E L E L E. I got it. Yeah. I, I completely lost my composure. <laughs> Do you need a minute? <laughs> I'll tell you what, pause it. We'll come back. We'll come okay, back. It's okay. Or get it's a grip. Okay. I got, you it. got a grip. I got it. I got okay. it. I got it. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I've written it. <laughs> I've written it. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know how if this is fun for any of you, but 
It's really I not. I haven't okay. laughed like that in a long time. Right, anyway, just, just try, okay. and, try and do this. Okay, All right, shoot okay. through it. All right. Nobody, no one talks normally in this movie. At one point, I just wrote, just slap it all together. We'll market the shit out of it. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> <sighs> Colonel Invisible Jones. Okay. So at one point in this movie, uh, John Steed goes to visit um, a, what is he, a colleague? Or whatever. I think he's some sort of expert, like because he yeah. lives in the archives, and it's like he goes down there to ask him if right. he knows about the weather thing. Because apparently, and I don't know if this is obvious, but I felt clever in quotes that I f- noticed that they had mentioned that um, uh, August De Winter's connection to this whole thing is that he used to work at the ministry. Right at the at the secret. I I did not know that. <laughs> Were we watching two different movies, or I was mean, I just not? Paying am I wrong? It, I thought that it's was possible. how he knows father. I mean mother. Yeah, father. The yeah, blind mother. one. Oh yeah, maybe possibly. I I just uh, like I thought that was it, and so that's how there's a connection to him through the archives. I don't know. Maybe, but you know what? Why am I trying to find any kind I of connected tissue? I was not paying attention. Tissue? Okay. So uh, um. So the the way I feel about Colonel Invisible Jones. So he's basically invisible. Yeah. I don't know if he got his name. Invisible Jones before he became invisible, mm. or maybe he was born that way, and his parents thought, "Oh, there's a clever name." Well, no, he says that he has an he had an accident because he said right. he was developing a new form of camouflage, and then you know it it sort of was permanent. Basically, there's an invisible character in this movie, and I wrote, "This movie has no rules. It's like the animated cat from Last Action Hero." <laughs> uh, I also wrote, "This movie is only 89 minutes long. Fuck, it feels longer." <laughs> she fell off the balloon and survived. Why are they walking in bubble things? What an odd mode of transportation. Uh, okay, so the the action scene at the end where he's fighting uh, with. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Mm. <clears throat> the action is extremely disorientating, and they keep crossing the line, which, uh, for any of you that don't know, the uh, the 180 rule um, means that, uh, that like if you cross the line, characters change places between angles. Uh, and if they change places, you, you ruin the geography of the, uh, of the scene. So you can't really tell, you know, where everybody is and, and what's going on, etc., etc. That's how I felt... Yeah, I noticed Watching that, that as action well, scene. That mm. I, I noticed it a few times during the movie. Uh, there was some of that in the fight where um, Eddie Izzard's character takes um, Steed's hat and he and the other henchmen fight him. That was a very silly thing to do. Yeah, so I noticed yeah. them crossing the line. Okay, um, at the end of the movie, spoilers <laughs> for anyone that cares. Pain, just pain. <clears throat> yeah. Sean Connery gets zapped with lightning, Highlander style. It was the quickening. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, there's another witch-coloured wire scene. Yeah. In a big metal orb. Uh, why is it a big deal that she doesn't want a fucking macaroon? It's because at the beginning of the movie, Steed says to him, don't touch the macaroons, mother eats the macaroons, and she on purpose takes the macaroons. Oh, right. And he, she sort of gives him a look, like, see, I took a macaroon. And he gives her, like, this look of, how dare you? I told you not to take a macaroon. And then at the end of the movie, she's playing the, along. She's playing the game. Okay, I have a question. Who uh, gives a how, shit? How early on in the movie was that macaroon scene? It was at the beginning. 
So I, I checked out pretty early on then. Yeah. Huh? I also noticed this might be something for VFX Corner, but... Uh, you but mean I, VFX Attic. Sorry, VFX Attic. Um, but I noticed that uh, there's there's a um, an issue that plagues a lot of uh, late 90s uh, movies that contain CGI, which is that they uh, the CGI in itself is rendered in a different frame rate to the rest of the movie. Now, obviously, um, all movies at that time were shot on film at 24 frames per second, uh, and they uh, and you can see the difference in frame rate. Um, there's another one in uh, Existence when the, there's like uh, the two-headed creature yeah. that climbs up on the car at the gas station, yeah. and you can see like this weird motion blur, this weird smoothing yeah. that um, that like looks like it was uh, it was like exported at 60 frames a second or something like that. Yeah. Um, and there's another one in the faculty, which is when the uh, the parasite is swimming around the tank. So I noticed that here as well. There's quite a few moments of that, uh, and a lot in the B sequence. So yeah, that's my list. <laughs> that's most of my issues with this movie. Would you like to go to Trivia Corner? Trivia Corner. The TV show mm-hmm. that this movie is based on ran from 1961 to 1969. And it was created by none other than Sidney Newman, who also created Doctor Who. Oh, wow. This movie was not screened for critics because, as the Warner Brothers press office put it, we wanted the public and the press to be able to discover the film together. Oh, dear. That's because they knew it was shite. Yeah. Not screening a movie, especially one of such a significant budget, is usually a sign that the studio has no faith in it. This movie ultimately lost about $40 million. Wow. Not surprising, particularly. So I want to talk about a little about the uh, the cuts made. Um, yeah. They vastly cut down the running time after test screenings, reducing uh, 115 minutes to 89 minutes, sacrificing much coherence and continuity in the process. Key scenes removed, oh, here we go, included the opening sequence in which Mrs. Peel's evil clone infiltrates and destroys the Prospero science installation. Not needed. Not needed. We got it on the CCTV footage. Um, but it would have been nice to to have some kind of uh, ambiguity there because she just sort of walks into the office and then they go, oh, by the way, you're a suspect, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, yeah. Um, early trailers included the scene where she says the words, how now, brown cow, in a false telephone box to gain admittance. Uh, these words are later used in the film when Stephen Peele used them to enter. Yeah, 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 I know. Um, the movie was originally scored by composer Michael Kamen. Um, if anybody doesn't know, uh, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, oh, Die Hard, mm. um, uh, Lethal Weapon, all the Lethal Weapon movies he scored uh, in collaboration with Eric Clapton, oh. and um, and he also scored uh, License to Kill. Um, so he apparently included the original Avengers, Avengers theme throughout. Uh, in this, in the finished movie, Joel McNeely includes it in the beginning and the end. Um, but not really so much uh, in the actual body of the film. Um, so Michael Kamen was unable to rescore the film after the radical editing, so was forced to drop out. Um, the original cut has yet to surface. Yes, this is what I talked about. Warner Brothers has no plans to release the director's cut or special edition of any form, despite the fact that the direct- director Jeremiah Chechik has offered to recut the film for free. Wow, they just really don't like the movie. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, I understand why. Um, okay, fans dislike the film for its disrespect to the series, uh, particularly the introduction of a romance between Steed and Peel. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, the original script was used... Here we go. The original script was used in the film's novelization and included all the material which was first shot and then removed from the film. I have to read the novelization now, don't I? You have to go there and prove that it's actually in their house. Well, I, I'm sure it is. I, I'm, I, I remember seeing it uh, okay. not long ago. Ray Fiennes said of this movie, I think it's a badge of honor to have a real flop on your resume. <laughs> wow. Way to find the silver lining, Rafe. Uh, Eddie Izzard said that he took the role in this movie in order to meet Sean Connery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this film is so ridiculous. <laughs> but he does... So Eddie Izzard does a lot of like Sean Connery impressions in his stand-up. Yes. And he's a big fan of Sean Connery. So right. that, I, I can see that. Yeah, but like, I mean, you know, there's no... His character has no lines apart from one dubbed line that I'm not even sure is said by him. Okay, I'll, I'll get there in a second. It's okay. at the bottom of this page. I'm sorry. Dame Diana Rigg was sent the script with a view to her playing Alice. Mm. She passed. I'm shocked. I'm really shocked. <laughs> I, uh... Here's an interesting one. You're going to like this. At one point, David Fincher was interested in writing and directing this movie with Charles Dance starring as John Steed. Ooh, I would have watched, watched that shit film. out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ray Fiennes was signed while he was in the midst of filming The English Patient and before he became a breakthrough star. However, he'd already played Amangot in, uh, in mm. Schindler's List. So, I mean, he was, uh, it was already like known. Must have known him a bit, yeah. Yeah. But it was before sort of, you know, Harry Potter is dead! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Um, the film... Okay, so this is what I wanted to, to talk to you about uh, vis-a-vis Eddie Izzard's uh, death scene. Go on. The film was originally awarded a PG rating by the MPAA. Fearing that fans of the original show wouldn't go watch a PG-rated adaptation of the show, Bailey was given an additional line in post-production for the dub which included the word fuck to push the rating. That's not entirely accurate. The entire line is the word Fuck. So there you go. Watching the film, though, the voice that said this line is very evidently not, not Eddie, Eddie Izzard. Yeah. And he was unav- as he was un- un- unavailable to dub the line into the film. Uh, I find that to be one of the most ridiculous pieces of trivia I have read this evening. Mm-hmm. And that's, saying, that's something, saying something for sure. They just wanted to bump the rating up to PG-13 so they had someone dub in the word fuck. That There's, goes to show the level of competence that went in to making Avengers 98. It's very strange because the original Avengers isn't, isn't exactly like, you know, full of no. fuck and bless. So I don't know. The original it's really Avengers not in is keeping a 60s with the rest TV of the show. Yeah. It's it, it was on during the day before the watershed. Indeed. Drop page. Well, that was Trivia Corner. Thank trivia you very much. Trivia Corner. Do you have any awards that you'd like to award this movie? I would. I have one actually. You have one? Well, I have a couple, but I have I've written one. I've written one down. To... See now, at the beginning of the film, we were saying that he, um, you know, Steed is doing that whole uh, test, as it were. They're all sort of going, "Well done, Steed!" Right, and you know, other people go, "Oh yeah, well done, Steed!" and all that. There's a very quick shot. I don't know if you notice it. Blink and you'll miss it. But there is an extra who I would like to give the award to that this guy is sitting on the roof of whatever place they are and he uh, he awards him a nine he he lifts up a little card 
that has a nine written on it. He's sort of like like sort of saying, "You did this well. This is your this is your score, right?" And what I've written is, "What did he do wrong?" <laughs> he made it through the test. They're all going, "Well done, Steed," right? And you know, you've got like, you've got him like you know, twatting the old woman or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> what did he do wrong? He only got a nine. Anyway, I want to give that guy an award because he holds up that piece of paper like he means it. <laughs> like a boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, worst line, because I don't think there's a best line. Go on, you give me yours, I'll give you mine. I Definitely the that hat trick of, oh, I thought I was saying double. Save me from myself, blah, blah, blah. One should never fear getting wet. That there you go. There you That's go. a bad line. Yeah. That's a very bad line. Yeah. Also, uh, what is it that she, uh, Peel says to Sean Connery's character? She goes, um, "Have we met before, or is it just the rain that's familiar?" <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? So yeah, I got a couple about it. The, the whole she might as well award the whole movie, like every single line written. I, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to award worst actor to Uma Thurman. Yeah. She's just terrible in this movie. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Although I would say that Ray Fiennes comes a close second because he's really not into it and he's ugh, bored. Shoddiest visual effect. Um, There are some really bum uh, composites in the movie. Uh, there are some things like they cover up traffic on either side of a ramp leading down to the ministry. And there's one shot at the end where it's kind of shaking about, like it's not really tracked properly onto it. But I I don't really think there's enough visual effects in the movie. Like a lot of stuff is done practically with a lot of models and stuff. We'll talk about it. But I, like, I think the, the bees the look final pretty bad. Shot is my yeah, yeah. That's a really really bad shot. You're that right. Horrible pullout that just keeps on going and going and going, and nobody looked at it and said, maybe we should fade to black more quickly on this yeah. one. Um, so there are a few of those, a few of shots that, of, of the, of, of London, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it says, I, I had a look and, and apparently it was shot in and around London. Okay. No, I, again, I said this to you during the movie. I don't yeah. care where it was shot. I care where it's set, right? Like the, the film, the it film go, it is It goes not... back to what Austin Powers says in the Spy Who Sh- no, not in the Spy Who Shagged Me, in the first one in uh, International Man of Mystery, no. where he says, yeah. it's funny, no, in the Spy Who Shagged Me, I was right, um, you, you should go with your instincts and trust yourself. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that to myself right now. Come on, you can do this. You can do this, Johnny. Um, Fall into pieces, haven't you? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I got the giggles, That's and that really was the end you. of me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, so Austin Powers says, it's funny how England looks absolutely nothing like Southern California. California, right? Um, and they're obviously driving through the Hollywood Hills. So, I, I look if if it, if it, I, I did think that the set design was very strange, and that there was no cohesiveness between the locations. Like it felt like, you know, in that in that way that she walked from one room to another, and it looked like she'd walked from one movie to another. It yeah. looked very very strange. It was it was very jarring. It's it's very odd. Um, so I think, but, for it, me, but it was shot in England. So I, apparently, what you're seeing is in, is actually England. Yeah, but they they do a lot of stuff like, and this is why I was saying like that they they've done some 
I don't, is it like matte paintings and stuff like weird like composites or yeah. of models or of paintings over the city to make it look a little bit different a little bit a little bit more 60s a little bit, little bit more well, I don't steampunk know if it's I don't more know 60s there's tubes all over the place in weird places like on, on, on one building and it's it's very odd we, we can talk about it in in the attic no but, but um, like I, I feel like um uh you know a lot of directors you 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 know, you listen to Francis Ford Coppola talking about how he got his uh, inspirations from from this this artist and you know the the aesthetic of William Blake or whatever it is, and um, you know, and I just feel like Jeremiah Chechik, like you know, the people from the art department coming at him and going, "What what do you think of this?" and he's going, "Yeah, sure, do whatever you want." Um, <laughs> that's what I think. It's just like it's a pastiche of styles that. Don't gel together. Yeah, was, you're kind of stepping on. Oh, sorry. Attic oh, stuff. Oh, please, please. Know, okay, so let, let's uh, let's walk up the rickety staircase. Don't. Don't. I will touch not touch the rails. Anything. I know. I don't want to get gonorrhea. All right, Thank fine. You. Shall I do the jingle? Yes, do the jingle. <clears throat> Join me in the VFX attic. Where else can you see VFX in an attic other than VFX attic? Oh, very good. It's just a jingle for VFX, I think. <laughs> so, um, okay, so the VFX supervisor for this film uh, is called Nick Davis. There are many things that can cause VFX to go uh, down the potty, but once you <laughs> once you hear... Um, down the potty. <laughs> once you hear what else he's worked on, you might sort of go, what? Um, the Dark Knight. Rubbish. Edge of Tomorrow. And Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, all those are crap. So he could have Sorry, been. No, so I, I don't believe that. He's working. Uh, the visual effects were produced by uh, Cinesite Europe. Uh, the digital vi- uh, the digital effects producer was Al- Alex Bicknell, um, with uh, additional stuff created by the Computer Film Company, and that could be an indicator for us as to what happened. That there was some too many cooks. Yeah, just too many cooks, and nobody keeping everything uh, together. Which is, you know, as you just stepped on the toes of it, I'll write it. It's what I've written here. Is that? Well, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. We've said it's fine. Oh, no right. one's listening. Right. No one's listening. All right. So, um, basically, there's no cohesion. Right. There's no visual. Much like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Feel that even, you know, we're doing we're doing fine. The, the look, there's no um, artistic direction. There's no. It doesn't feel like there's an art director who knows what they want things to look like, and you know that there's a design uh, rule book, right? Right. Um, and you a know, Bible. It's, yeah, exactly. And and it's it's like these guiding lines that just sort of say these are the aesthetics we're going for. It's art deco and, uh, you know, steampunk and all these other things. And, and, you know, it's like they've kind of done it in some places. And then you've got, like, some France, French, like, um, you know, mansion kind of, you know, thing going on in Sean Connery's uh, estate. Yeah, it looked like she then... just walked into Amadeus. Exactly. And then it's like, you know, you, you like in Versailles or something. It's really weird. And then you go downstairs and she's she's run into this endless uh staircase loop and this weird sub- it goes from these beautiful french colors to this strange white marble blank room and yeah you know another example by the way of a scene where ray finds character does absolutely fuck all is when she jumps through the window he's been looking for her and he's like oh mrs peel what are you doing on the floor right um <laughs> 
And and so I've written here, where is this movie set? It's full of Britishness, but it feels so foreign. The set design is almost steampunky, but only in parts, and it's like an alternate version of Britain, which would have been super duper interesting if they'd actually committed to that. Right. Right? And I think that you could have gotten away with a lot of the weird shit that was going on if they would have committed to it being alternate, you know, Britain anyway. Um, there's a lot of shoddy matte painting... Uh, covering up of, you know, the city and, as I've said, of the ramp leading down to um, the ministry. Uh, The VFX looks really poorly composited in certain scenes, like the CGI bees. The lighting doesn't quite match up. I mean, there's there's some reflection stuff going on on there, which is fine, and you can definitely tell when there's a practical... Um mechanical bee you know that, that's fallen on the ground and yeah you know the the model and the the practical one are actually quite quite close but then you have like some weird close-up shots of like the bee moving its head and it's, it's very strange and the the shading on it the the shaders that they're using the reflections i mean this is obviously before such inventions as hdris high dynamic range images which are very um well, they're, they're images with high dynamic range. No, but, but basically pictures that you can use to um, sort of project real lighting onto a 3D scene. Uh, it's images that store light and color data. Um, and they're used now to sort of, you know, when you're on the set, you can take HDR um, eyes and, you know, with your camera and you can create them. And then when you're trying to put a CG... A character into a scene, you have the exact lighting from the right. scene, and you can make sure it's coming from the same direction as your actors and things. So, things that just don't didn't they weren't doing it back then, but th- there were other things that they could have been doing to make it look good. I'm I'm sure, right? Because there are other movies coming out in the same year, like Lost in Space, where okay, we don't like that movie, but there's some good CGI in it, like the spaceship. There's some stuff going on there that is good. Um, Another example of a uh, wonky '60s TV yeah, adapt. Exactly. I, I said to you, like during during the movie, like when when did Lost in Space come out? Because it reminded me of it. Not you know completely. Right. But anyway, right. um, there's a lot of practical stuff going on, blowing up of of um, you know models, and I I dig that shit because I'm like you know I will take a fluid simulation or a, a, a you know a building exploding simulation like in a movie like 2012 where it's all being destroyed and you know sidewalks are exploding and they've got you know cg debris going everywhere um but you know you look at a really good model explosion and you see all the splinters and the pieces going everywhere so you mentioned a roland emmerich movie um which uh is usually my way of sort of explaining to people why i prefer the uh, the sort of the physical model work and like blowing up something that's actually there versus the cg simulation of an entire environment and uh, and the cg fire and all that stuff um and if you take a movie like independence day and look at all of the uh, the model explosions and they use cgi there to punctuate things yeah. um but then you look at um independence day 2 and you can see the major difference between the two of those because Independence Day 2 used a lot of CGI. And I'm talking about excessively. Almost every scene contains a shit ton of wall-to-wall 
you know, frame, like frame edge to frame edge <laughs> of CGI. Um, and that, that, that to me is just like, I mean, I, you hear Roland Emmerich talking about it on, uh, you know, on the, in the, the special features and all that kind of stuff, how they, you know, it's so much easier to use CGI and how he prefers it and the aesthetic and whatever. But if you put those two movies side by side, you can absolutely see which one's better and yeah. why, because one of them feels tangible and real. And one of them feels like a computer game. Well, it's like it's. I keep on saying this, and and I I will keep on saying it because I think that it's it's a point that I would like to hammer home. Um, is that if you can do something practically, you should do something practically. Right. Like CGI should be for things that we cannot s- create in real, like that aren't, don't exist in real life. Right. For example, you know, in a movie like uh, you know, uh, Free Guy, um, you know, which I haven't seen yet, but I just watched a, a Corridor Crew um, VFX artist react. They have the visual effects supervisor um, for that movie and others as well, talking about all the... I really recommend that show, by the way. If you haven't seen it, you should go uh, look at it. But the... Um, I, I do. And not you, I'm talking to people listening oh, to people. the podcast. I know that you look at... H- hello, people. Hello, people. Oh, you're still here. Really <laughs> surprising. Um, but there's, like a, there's a scene where... Um, like a compactor, like in the Star Wars um, compactor scene, right? In the trash chute, right? Where it's so that's what's happening to the street, mm-hmm. and they're driving their car through it, and the concrete and everything shattering, and you can see the cracks like crawling along where it's being pressured, right? right? And into into this compactor sort of state, and that's something that you cannot really do practically. You could do it. But, like, there's something about doing that in CGI that just makes sense. Mostly because the movie takes place inside of video games. That also makes sense. Right. But, like, there are moments in movies where I go, why did they need to do that in CGI? Like, I was looking at this film and the bees, they had practical props for it. They could have filmed them on a blue screen and had them flying in and, you know, lit them from the similar direction or, you know, whatever. But it, it just... Uh, it's not even good CGI, so I don't know why they did it. And it's, if you have the practical prop, I don't know why you're um, bothering. I, I think that um, a lot of the time, look, I, I don't, I, I don't dislike CGI. I, I don't. Do I? I, I don't it. like it when it's um, when it's so in your face that you're sitting there and your brain is subconsciously or otherwise going, "Hey, look, CGI." Yeah. Um, a lot of the time. Um, when uh, when it's well done, they're using an element that is practical, yeah, and then using CGI to enhance it, yeah. Um, and if you look at things like The Mandalorian, um, and the uh, the the leaps and bounds of the yeah. uh, of virtual the sort productions. of virtual production technology that they've uh, they've developed, or if you look at even like the uh, the other Star Wars movies, The Force Awakens, um, in etc., is it's so well done. Um, aside from some of the characters where you can tell that there's like uh, that there's a lot of CGI going on there, they actually made a concerted effort to do certain things practically, and uh, and you can tell um, it brings that world to life. Basically, for those who don't know what vi- virtual production is, it's where you have like a physical set, and then surrounding that set, instead of having blue screen or green screen, um, and then you know, sort of compositing all of that together. Um, they have a virtual digital set uh, that they've put together in something like Unreal Engine, which is very popular now because it can handle like a lot of 
polygons and a lot of uh, details. Um, and it lets it sort of lets the directors and also the actors the actors can react to the real environment that they're going right. to be in. Like you brought up Mandalorian, that was one of the first ones that did it. Right. Um, and it's becoming more and more popular now. And you know, you you can build like a, an entire digital set, and you can move stuff around. If you see that an actor needs to move through it, and it would be better if this box was actually over there, they can in real time move it in the engine so that that digital set is reflecting that. Just right. for people who don't know what it is, because you brought right. it up. Yeah. No. So when I first saw the mandalorian i had absolutely no idea that that's what they were doing yeah and then i saw the the making of and i was like wow so i'd seen the making of before and then right no because i thought they were in real environments Mm -hmm. you know they could have been in the desert in tunisia like uh you know like they had been you know uh, what's really really cool about the virtual production sets I, I wanted to say something like before. The, okay, the lighting, but also um, the fact that the uh, it tracks with the camera. Yeah, you move the camera around, and the uh, the environment moves around with exactly. it exactly in the same way that it would move if it was a real environment. Because the environment is Parallax. a real time engine. Yeah, called Unreal Engine. It's right. real time, and it's actually it's a game engine. Um, it's very I, very cool, and also the, uh, the 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 fact that the actors are really placed in that environment is just. Uh, you could, I mean, I, I had no idea, you know, but like, uh, but a lot of the time when you see actors acting on blue screen, you can tell they're acting on blue screen. Yeah. Because they have to imagine. Like in this movie that we watched, which we're not talking about anymore. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. I have, I have one more thing before we leave the attic, by the way. Oh, okay. um, lightning looks okay. That's the lightning looks that. okay, but as I said, it was the quickening. Should we step out of the attic? Uh, watch your step. VFX attic. I think I've got a splinter. Well, I'm not touching it because it's probably haunted. <laughs> Fantastic. Haunted splinter. You're gonna die! So, um, I would like to ask you about your closing thoughts on The Avengers 1998. I, I think, first of all, it's a great, um, it's a great movie to suggest, um, because it's, it's so bad. Um, although we're not strapped for bad movies to watch. No, no, of course not. Well, we had a lot of fun, um, reviewing this, um, uh, probably a little bit too much. I think it was worth it just for the amount that we laughed there because I was just... Yeah. Uh, I, ho- I hope you leave some of the I, I, I will leave some of it in. I'm not, not going to leave it. all of it it's, in because it time. goes on for a while and at some point somebody listening to this podcast will either, will either be like rolling around on the floor laughing with us or will be like, come on guys, get it together or I'm going to turn you off. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I think I think it's... It's not worth your time to watch the film. We watched it so you don't have to. Well, I mean, I think it would it would help for you to watch the film, um, you know, just so that you can follow along with this podcast. Sure, but like, if you're not if you're not going to, you might be able to get like a yeah. like a shitty scene compilation on YouTube or something like that. I I just I I think some people might watch or might listen to a podcast like this to sort of figure out should I watch this film in the end. The answer is no. No. Don't bother. Oh, but again, like I mean, I came from I came to this from uh, you know from you know actually seeing it in 1998, uh, and I was aware that it was absolute shite when I saw it. Um, the nostalgia factor for me is not watching the movie, but it's I guess the environment in which I was watching the movie, the time of my life, mm. um, all of the uh, you know the sort of Empire magazine. Uh, you know, features on it, the, uh, you know, the, the trailers that were coming out, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The novelization again as well. 
Um, so, so I mean, from that from that viewpoint, but I I didn't watching it tonight. I didn't feel any kind of warm fuzzies for anything. I just thought it was absolute tripe. Yeah, it was very very difficult for me to actually pay attention. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, I I enjoyed the conversation about it, and I think that it led to other things. <laughs> you know, whenever right. we went off topic, it was right? Fun. We, we we're doing one of these every so often. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's fun to do. Yeah. But the actual watching of these sometimes can be a slog, as it was this evening. May I um, address the listeners? Oh, be my guest. Go okay. ahead. Do you have a film that you would like us to watch? Preferably a good one that won't make us want to slash our faces open with a knife. Perhaps you would like to suggest it on our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is called... What's our seat number? Movie Much- Podcast. Movie podcast? <laughs> was that alright, or would you like to have a stab at it? <laughs> Come and Twitter us on Twitter. <laughs> we have a Twitter on which we Twitter. Fantastic. So, um, this has been... Um... What's our seat number? Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. What's our seat number?